month on international break, so we have no excuse to take a week off again. Here on the Owls AmeriCast, Sheffield Wednesday, Opinion with an American Accent. I'm your host, Jeffrey Paternostro. And this week for my beer, sometimes James Allen likes to bring a beer that reflects his mood about the team or recent Wednesday performances. Uh, I have done the opposite of that this week and brought a uh, Spotten Optimator. Now, there was nothing optimal about Wednesday's performance. This is an excellent German double bock. So, James, does your beer reflect your mood this week? Um, I guess it would be if I could play with the name a little bit. So, uh, I, I was accused of being optimistic as well last week, Jeff, uh, which may be a little bit more tricky this week. So, uh, I'll get my negativity out of the way through the medium of beer, and then I'll be try and find some silver lining to the uh, ash cloud that was the weekend. Um, I'm drinking a, a New England diaper, uh, double IPA. It's called I'm Walking Here uh, by uh, Barrier, collaborated with Pressure Drop in London. So it's like a London-New York uh, collaboration. It does apply to um, Wednesday's defense for the last five minutes of the game. I was just going to twist it around and say it should have been turned around to I'm walking home because that's what they should have bloody well been made to do after that. <laughs> but we'll get there in a few minutes. Anyway, the, uh, the diaper's absolutely spectacular, so that's all good. I mean, you got to say it in like a New York accent. I'm walking here. Is that what it's supposed you to probably do. I would yeah. do if I sounded like a New Yorker, Paddy, but I sound like some kind of, you know, I don't know, not particularly well enunciated Englishman. I mean, it also sounded like you were drinking a diaper, so. <laughs> yeah, it's even worse. My Paddy, kids what are you probably, drinking? Uh, find that quite amusing. <laughs> uh, I have a whiskey this week. I have got a Journeyman Distillery Rye Whiskey. Um, it's a new one for me, and it is very good. I'm very impressed with it. It's, it's like mid-range price-wise and very tasty journeyman also describes wednesday's defensive performance in the last five minutes <laughs> it's now episode 83 of the owls americast and yes we are contractually obligated to talk about that dumb game we are marginally more excited to talk about some goalkeeper news in our wednesday news segment and we are now after saturday marginally less excited about the upcoming swansea game but we'll preview it regardless we'll start with 90 minutes and 90 seconds um, I'm going to take 10 seconds here to say the game was an absolute boring slog, but then it looked like Wednesday might actually pull off a nice little smash and grab. And I'll leave the uh, the last 80 seconds to someone better equipped to describe my feelings on watching Wednesday ship two goals in the last five minutes. They called them bad words, dirty, filthy, foul, vile, vulgar, coarse. In poor taste, unseemly, street talk, gutter talk, locker room language, <laughs> barracks talk, body, naughty, saucy, raunchy, rude, crude, lewd, lascivious, indecent, profane, obscene, blue, off color, <laughs> risque, suggestive, <laughs> cursing, cussing, swearing, and all I could think of was shit, piss, fuck, cunt, cocksucker, motherfucker, and tits. <laughs> Shit, piss, fuck, cunt, cocksucker, motherfucker, and tits. That takes us to our talking points, and the optimistic James Allen this week actually has a small criticism of Sheffield Wednesday. You want to talk about their game management, James? Yeah, how to, how to do that in a positive way, eh, Jeff? Um, I guess the positive way is, let's hope that given uh, Gary Monk's recruitment this week of uh, an additional technical analyst from uh, from Birmingham City, that maybe Wednesday might start watching the videos of their games and not doing what they've done uh, in a heinous way on Saturday ever again. Um, 
it just it, it comes down to basics, right? When you get into a position when you're winning one nil in the 87th minute of a game that really hasn't been much of a muchness, that's when teams that are heading out, up and out of the division lock down, they close the game out, and they take three points. Um, and we just switched off. We switched off twice, and and we got buried for it. And it, you know, we've seen Wednesday do this before. The thing that really wound me up was that the first goal is a goal that we've at least conceded once already this season, but probably two or three times in the last 12, 12 months in the calendar year, you know, free kick from deep, big central defender ghosting at the back, no one really getting to grips with him, looping header, back corner, goal. And you've just got to simply close out those moments. You don't give away the silly free kick. You mark the runners. You your keeper has to keep an eye on the flight of the ball and and you know it comes to nothing. Second goal kind of the same, you know, just last ditch defending, balls bouncing around all over the place. It takes a wicked deflection. You can't really blame Westwood. But again, you know, the shot should never really get the opportunity to come in. So I just want to see Wednesday learn from their mistakes and and just not do what only Sheffield Wednesday seem capable of doing, which is just completely ballsing up a winning position. Yeah, I'm certainly used to that. I will say there is some irony in Julian Borner, who hasn't really put a foot wrong all year, finally slicing a terrible clearance for the second goal. It was just that kind of game for the uh, last five minutes where everything that could go wrong did go wrong, but it's also the same kind of things that go wrong when stuff goes wrong for Wednesday and stuff goes wrong too much, Patty. Yeah, it was just sloppy, wasn't it? Um, I feel like uh, the whole game, we weren't really on top of things. We've we've lauded uh, Monk on the uh, past, on most of his um, performances so far. He's an organised, uh, kind of very simple. Everyone's got one or two tasks to hold, and it just seemed with um, with Bannon and Luongo missing in the midfield, it it felt like there was n- there was no connection between midfield and attack. Too often in that first half, you saw Fletcher shouting at Lee or shouting at someone else to come nearer because there was just gaping, gaping holes. There was a massive amount of yardage between our midfield with Hutch and Pelabesi playing so deep, so deep and just just Kieran Lee essentially running central midfield, which he didn't, he couldn't do very well because he was covering too much uh, area. So I think in the future, without Bannon or Luongo in there, we are um, screwed, essentially. And... Uh, I'm not trying to make it a weekly thing, but Pelopesi had one of his worst games, which in the scheme of things is a terrible thing to say, uh, and will go down in probably Wednesday history as the worst corner ever seen. Which uh, one, on out of curiosity? <laughs> well, I think, the, I think it was the ninth or tenth, was it? They had nine corners in the first half. Yeah, how is yeah. this not a talking point, guys? Because um, <laughs> continuing my streak of rampant optimism about this game... Um, I think you said the worst corner in history, Paddy. That was like the worst half of corners in history. I mean, one of them never actually entered the field of play, did it? <laughs> that's what I was talking about. That's the one that tipped. After nine attempts, that was his last attempt, by the way. I think he had eight attempts at corners. None of them beat the first man. And then no, the, the, last first, the first one was the best of the lot. It was like this sort of like looping, ballooning thing that Hutch somehow managed to get a head on and put on the top of the net but it was not a ah, the massive good up corner. And under one, yeah. yeah some yeah. somebody in our whatsapp theme uh kind of I, th- I think kind of nailed it really they said okay so bannon's not playing but is joey pelopesi really the second best striker of the ball at the football club that is sheffield wednesday i mean that that's basically what you're saying right yeah. i mean i mean clearly not after that second clearly after the uh, halftime talk put morgan fox on corners top. jesus at least he can whip one in every once in a while that's what i said yeah he's got like I said, he's got a good left foot why not put him a try i think they put hutch on the second half didn't they as uh, the car kick taken he better. was we didn't play well enough to get as many corners so 
yeah, that second half was again we just didn't have our foot on the uh, game at all throughout the entire ninety minutes. It was a very undeserved goal that we got. Um, I think uh, at the time it was eighty-two minutes. I said to my Blackburn Rovers friends that if ever was a goal to uh, deserved a match, that was the goal that deserved this terrible match. It was a terrible, terrible goal, uh, but we'll take it at the time. And then they proceeded to try and one up ourselves with the even worse goals. <laughs> Uh, by the uh, the second and third ones that went in. So the, the first goal that Blackburn scored, route one, back post, their defender beats two of our defenders, and Westwood seemed to look like he was trying to come off his line to claim the ball, but it was nowhere, but then changed his mind halfway through it. So they just looped over him. So for me, I think Westwood's at fault for that. But I wanted to mention in my talking point here, which is kind of encompassing everything, uh, Westwood saved the game on three occasions before that. So you can't be too, and he's obviously saved games previously in the past. So I think he wasn't at fault for the goal. But if it wasn't for him, we would have probably been two or three down before then. Yeah, he made a couple of absolutely sensational stops about halfway through the second half, right? There was kind of a phase of Blackburn pressure where I think there was one header that they, you know, there's an advancing midfielder coming in on, on the ball in from Armstrong, I think. And how he gets to that, I've got no idea. So you're dead right, Paddy. It's not it's not on Westwood. That, that looping header, though, just frustrates me because that's an entire defensive unit failure. You know, they just simply aren't tracking the runner and um, and Westwood is out of position. But, you know, in the scheme of things, let's be honest, we didn't deserve to win the game. Um, my talking point, I guess, comes down to the fact that once you are in a position to win it, close it out. Your talking point is we should have put, put ourselves in a position to win that game because Blackburn were pretty bang average and we just weren't uh, weren't at the races on Saturday. Well, my talking point is bouncing off last week's talking point. And I feel like this performance more than any other is proving my theory correct after watching that, there's no way I'm going to believe in this club for the rest of the year. But I still expect they're going to hang around in this terrible league. So it's just more evidence to suggest that uh, weird stuff is going to happen. Yeah, so we're never getting promoted, are we, Jeff? No, I mean, I think the part of the theory is we get promoted at the end of it, James. Do we That's need to do like a mashup with a Taylor Swift song where it's like, we are never, ever, ever getting back <laughs> together with the Premier League? Is that how Christ, that's... That's the cutting pop culture reference for this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's better than what was it? Nobby? What was the name of the Huddersfield Town uh, sitcom? Whatever it was. Oh, that's oh uh, uh, Summer Wine. Yeah, that's yeah. Been 60 years old. That's the most Nobby, though, Jeff. I, don't, I mean, I think it was like a clean Sunday evening tea time thing. There, were no, uh, there was no genitalia on Chef. <laughs> Nobby and his pals. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, on that note we should probably just take a break and stop talking about the Blackburn game but when we come back there will be some Wednesday news to discuss and another probably disappointing match to preview now it is time for some Wednesday news and we will start with the unexpected but also very expected player of the month it's morgan fox so congratulations to morgan fox we've slagged off on this podcast for basically two years running for having a <laughs> having a quality month can we end the podcast now just end it i mean morgan fox has been player of the month i think we've achieved our uh, number one objective that's to make morgan fox a good player right that's what we start to do this podcast we've that's truly we, jumped the shark haven't we that is, <laughs> that is what we discussed uh I think drunkenly and whatever bodega we were at where I agreed to do this two years ago. So 
<laughs> Number one goal. Make Morgan Fogg play on the no, ball. There were two goals. The, uh... There were two goals. One was like develop a podcast for a Premier League football club. Yeah. That one went out the window. So he, <laughs> he reversed it to goal B, which was Morgan Fox's PSG. Yeah. Hey, that seemed uh, less uh, realistic than the actual first one. <laughs> back at there. the time, yeah. <laughs> Life comes at you fast. <laughs> we have some goalkeeping news, or at least news about our goalkeepers. Uh, Kieran Westwood is now on the board at Cheadletown, which I am reliably informed is in Stockport, which I guess is somewhere near Manchester, James. Um, it is. That is very accurate, Jeff. Your uh, your geography of Great Britain is improving month by month. Um, Cheadle, I had to check myself on this. I thought it was on the train line from Sheffield to uh, to Manchester. It turns out it's actually between Stockport and the end of the runway at Manchester Airport. Um, it's basically kind of the footballer's belt. It's like a um, like a, a an interesting strip of land in North Cheshire where people with a lot of money who play football built buy big houses and hang out in wine bars, um, which I guess explains why Kieran Westwood lives around those parts. Is it true that Don Cheadle is its mayor? Let's another, say another great pop culture reference for uh, <laughs> all our listeners out there. We'll continue on with probably pop culture references because Joe Wildsmith is back in training as tweeted out by the team this morning. He's got a very interesting new look, Patty. Um, I think I missed this image, just, but someone commenting on it. Apparently he's a man bun, right? It's he's got a, he's got a man bun and like a little Three Musketeers beard. <laughs> um, I saw my friend Sarah, who's ex-New York Al, back in Sheffield, uh, drooling over him. So uh, I'm apparently... I've got a, why am I commenting on the hairstyles? Why, why am I the hairstyle correspondent? Uh, well, I guess it's because we can see your hair on this uh, this start video chat. <laughs> and also, is, I went uh, to James so first on the last one. Pr- <laughs> proudly up while Jeff is wearing a big beanie hat. What I will say about Joe Wildsmith, at least he's had the good grace to tie his hair back because it was getting quite uh, absurdly sort of bushy and all over the place. So, you know. It sounds like steps. I might be needing him soon, too, because uh, there's some rumors around Cameron Dawson uh, being linked away, too. I had some clubs sniffing around him, I think even Rovers. Blackburn Rovers were um, apparently linked to Dawson and a few other championship clubs because he's out of contract at the end of the year. So maybe Wildsmith bumps back up to number two. And if that doesn't work out for him, he can just uh, come to Brooklyn and walk into any bar he wants and immediately get a job 10 days. So. <laughs> You're talking about uh, Cameron Dawson? No, Joe Wildsmith. <laughs> I didn't know that tall ginger barmen were a thing in Brooklyn, but I'll, uh, I'll look out for them. Wildsmith very much looks like a guy that has a lot of opinions on like Amaro's. Like Italian bitters. It can probably be a good coffee as well. Hmm. He needs a few more tattoos. He looks a bit too too clean cut for a uh, for a Brooklyn uh, barista for the time being. It's funny that he does, uh, the soccer player does not have enough tattoos to be a Brooklyn barista. Because <laughs> usually the, uh, the sleeves are along the same lines. In other injury news, well, one bit of injury news, Tom Lee's played an hour with the under-23s, and while he's not actually injured, as far as I know, George Rhodes also got a run out there. So, Patty Jones might not be our official hairstyle correspondent. He's definitely our official Jordan Rhodes correspondent. Patty, oh, I remember thoughts. the days. I remember the halcyon days when I was so optimistic and like just in love with Jordan Rhodes for those first two months he was with us. Uh, even for the first year, I stuck by him. But yeah, nowadays, it's, it feels like a long time ago. But he scored, right? He scored uh, on he his uh, return to the under-23s, um, and which obviously then... On the Not regular ideal account. when your $8 million stri- pound striker is making a return to the under-23. But... I'm glad you picked up on that language, Jeff. <laughs> I, I heard that and thought, oh, God, that sounds a bit dodgy. How is, it that, how is this true, though? Like, you know, I mean, I 
I get that you know he hasn't performed, and let's not try and like suggest that he's somehow going to be fixed overnight. But John Rhodes can't be that bad that he has to play an hour under twenty threes, really. I mean, do they just want to get him some match time since he's not getting it in the squad in case Fletcher goes down with an injury, since his durability has been an issue in the past? I mean, Fletcher's gone off the ball a little bit as far as in front of goal recently. He's been, he's been working hard. I actually thought he was pretty well good against builder. Blackburn. He was just very isolated. Yeah, he didn't spot. But I think, I don't know, there's a couple of chances Fletcher's had in the last few games. That a, a, a good Jordan Rose would have put those two chances away, those kind of poaching chances. So I, I don't know, maybe Rhodes is poking his nose into the, the squad again, maybe hopefully he'll get on the bench and... He's a confidence player at the end of the day, isn't he? And uh, he's had zero confidence and zero uh, support since he's been here. So I'm hoping that uh, that's one day he gets a, a goal off his ass, something. And he so, so but the thing is, though, Paddy, at, at the end of his kind of, let's say, the first stint of his Wednesday career, I'd agreed with that. But he went away to Norwich for a year and, you know, he didn't play every game. He wasn't necessarily in the starting lineup, but he had a successful season last year. He was around a successful squad. He scored goals. I don't believe that confidence is the issue. There's something systemic here, and I, what what I what I'm really surprised by is the fact that Gary Monk has come in, you know, with a clean slate, and apparently Jordan Rhodes is still a problem. Um, I actually wonder if it's more a question of does Jordan Rhodes fit with this squad of players, or does this squad of players fit with Jordan Rhodes rather than mm. anything else? Yeah, and, and, but we've got a few more players in there, haven't we? So a few more it's a different, slight look, look of the squad. So it's, if you're still not gelling with those people, you've got four or five new players now in in the first team that. I don't know. It's just it's just not taking to the club. It seems like something. It seems so weird. I'd love to if he publishes like a autobiography at the end of his career. His 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 chapter on Wednesday, all two pages of it, would be a really interesting read. <laughs> to be fair, there'll be two chapters. There'll be all the goals I scored against Sheffield Wednesday, and then when Sheffield Wednesday <laughs> fucked up my career, it'll be like bookends. Well, if they need a way to get. Jordan Rhodes more involved in the squad. Perhaps it's a tactical change. And James, we have a new chief of tactics, or as Patty wrote in the agenda, a stat man. We, yeah, inspired by our own Evan, uh, Wednesday have been, uh, they thought to themselves, you know, where could we go in the job market to hire somebody that would be very unpredictable? Um, and we scouted around every football club in the world, and then we landed on the head of analysis at Birmingham City. So uh, Ryan Needs has uh, has moved to Wednesday in the same capacity, um, which I, look not like an, not like poking uh, around like Fiorentina or like a you know a, no yeah. you know we we think the West Midlands is a hotbed of talent based yeah. on Barry Bannon and, and one or two other examples. But in all seriousness, look, I mean you know, you know upstart, football is like increasingly driven games now. Yeah, but you know, leave, leave the Portuguese out for a Birmingham minute. I think City. we've been there, tried that tart, um, and <laughs> I think we've, uh, we've, I think we've made tart. a good hire there. I don't know much about Ryan Needs, but I'm I'm hopeful that he's going to add to the uh, you know the the technical acumen that Wednesday have, and and obviously someone who's trusted by Gary Monks. So good hire on the basis of the fact that we need more of that type of capability in the club. I've heard that he's a scammer. <laughs> Glad we gave you enough time to get that up on your phone. You'll be introduced to the crowd with that music behind him. It's now time for dispatches from American Soccer. Patty, do you have any thoughts on Toronto making the MLS Cup again? Why are you torturing me with these fucking dispatches? I don't. The MLS died two weeks ago, if I was like, (laughs) and now she's rubbing my face in it. Toronto FC still 
one of the teams I hate. There's quite a lot of teams I hate in MLS, I've realized. Um, NYCFC, DC United, Toronto, Philadelphia. Um, Are you just listing off teams yeah. that have knocked Red Bulls out of the playoffs? <laughs> As you said a couple weeks ago, I've got a long list of those too. Um, yeah, Toronto FC versus uh, Seattle in the uh, MLS Cup final, which I think is this Sunday, right? Or is it next yeah, Sunday? I can't this remember. weekend, I think. Um, so, it's, again, it's not the favorites. Uh, LAFC versus... Um, Versus Atlanta, which uh, the MLS wanted. It's two people that uh, faced each other three out of the last four <laughs> years in the cup final. Um, so they go again, and uh, I couldn't care less. <laughs> Way to sell American soccer there, Paddy. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm very bitter about this season. Wednesday will go again this weekend in about as exciting a game. At home against the Swans, James. Swansea are quite a technically accomplished and interesting side, and you know we we've previewed Swansea previously before Many the times. pod, right? You know, it's the uh, the gem of the kind of the west end of South Wales. Uh, don't say that to people from Cardiff. Um, look, I mean, I actually quite like Swansea as a club um, for various reasons, but principally because I think Graham Potter was actually doing beginning to do a really interesting job there before he went off to Brighton last season at the end of last season. Um, and they, they, you know, they certainly seem to have carried on the the same kind of positive play approach to football that um, they instilled. Um, haven't really kind of got going yet this season, I think. So it's going to be an interesting challenge for Wednesday in terms of can we bounce back after the uh, the miserable end to last weekend. Um, but yeah, you know, a good game. They're going to be a challenging opponent and. Um, I don't think there's, there's no easy games in the championship. This one is actually one of the ones I think is harder than most. Yeah, uh, I guess the thing you look for is Wednesday's home form have been uh, has been better than their away form, and it's a chance to you know get back into the top six against a, a team ahead of them in the table currently. So hopefully that'll give them some energy and inspiration, or at least a little more verve than we saw away to Blackburn, which to be fair can make everyone a little bit drowsy, even the players supposed to be playing the game. I don't know why, but I always feel, I don't know if it's just a thing in the last couple of years, I don't think the stats back me up here, but I always feel more confident going into a um, game against a good team than I do going into a game against a bad team. So I always feel like you play better. I think we we've get talked results. about Wednesday always sort of playing to the level of their opponent. Yeah. Which was an yeah. issue even going back to the Carlos era. So I'm not not necessarily concerned that we won't put performance in, uh, but obviously Swansea are a better club than Blackburn, so they might have more opportunities. What does give me more uh, confidence is that we've kept three clean sheets at home with our last uh, three home games. So uh, I don't think uh, we'll have those same defensive lapses. I hope to God that uh, Luongo or Bannon is back in the first team. I heard that Bannon's come along pretty well, so I think he should be okay. Yeah, I think Gary Monk issued an update on uh, on Barry Bannon. I'm going to read this verbatim because it made me chuckle, and I know this is really immature, but I just I wonder about our PR people at, at Hillsborough. So they said on Bannon's absence from the team last weekend, Monk said Barry had a little tightness in his groin. I mean, just you know, could you not say he had, said he had a groin strain? I mean, <laughs> just a bit more, you know, specific. Anyway, but apparently he was back in training on Monday and. Hopefully we'll be uh, we'll be in the squad. Let's be honest, we missed him, as you said, buddy. So we need him. What are we doing with our players in training again? We've had three people drop out at the last minute in the last three games we've played. Um, Bannon wasn't at the warm up, but it was literally last minute that we were told he was injured. Um, what the hell's happening again? 
I thought we brought someone in to look at our whole kind of fitness. We had brought on your team in to look at what's going on. And they- we've, we've changed our team twice, and the one thing we haven't changed is the concrete underneath the training pictures <laughs> at Middlewood. If for some reason you want to watch Wednesday against Swansea, which I feel like we've done a, a good job uh, inspiring you to do so on this 25-minute podcast that Let's do some predictions. Let's try and drag it out to half an hour. What, what kind of predictions are we thinking for Saturday? Uh, a KG and ultimately disappointing 1-1 draw that we'll be moaning about <laughs> heading into the international break. If we do if we don't win convincingly, we're not doing a podcast next week. <laughs> I'm not talking about more dire draws or miserable losses. Hang on, hang on a second. I was positive last week. I was trying to find that we were third <laughs> we didn't in the table. didn't talk about Look, draws or losses. Every, We'd have like seven episodes tight. of this show. We, we said, you know, a team can go on a run and they can put some distance or it can all just be much of a muchness. You know, maybe Wednesday eke something out here. Who knows? Oh, look, I said Wednesday we're going to beat Blackburn 2-0. And so I've got absolutely no credibility with predictions. Um, I think it will be 2-1, but I actually don't know which team will end up on the right end. <laughs> what a prediction. Fucking <laughs> okay, hell. Uh, all right, I'm going to go. I'm very positive. I think we're going to bounce Do they allow you to put back. that in your ACA? 2-1, but I don't know who wins. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, over under, isn't it? that's why I'm not a betting man, Jeff. <laughs> I'm going to go 2 0 Wednesday. I think we'll bounce back and we'll be a much better team. Who are the goal scorers? Uh, who, uh, I reckon it will be Kadeem Harris is getting closer. I'm going to go Kadeem Harris. Uh, and I'm going to go with a Morgan Fox back post header. <laughs> uh, also, Patty uh, from. Now on, you have to refer to Morgan Fox as October 2019 Sheffield Wednesday Player of the Month, Morgan Fox. (laughs) Forever and ever. If you do want to watch such things as thrilling back post Morgan Fox headed goals against Swansea, where can our listeners do that this weekend, Patty? Well, it's on iFollow, and we will be watching it in New York at the Football Factory. Um, where we have uh, Jamie back in New Orleans at Finn McCool's and our new official uh, Wednesday group, the Indiana Owls, who have their own bar at the Main View Inn, run by Stephen Peck and his business partner, uh, which we are trying to get on the podcast too. It's just we haven't been very organized the last few weeks. So we'll have Stephen and, and his uh, friend on soon. Uh, but yeah, check out Indiana Owls. A bar opening in the middle of fucking nowhere, Indiana. Uh, it's uh, it's going to show all the Wednesday games for us, so it's fantastic stuff. We're going to get him some Owls America's merch up to him. We'll have a chat with him soon. I also wanted to mention as well, in case we, uh, because I'm not on next week, we've got uh, Florida Owls' first meetup is happening for West Brom after the international break. We'll also have a New York meeting up then too. Uh, and I'm sure, again, the Indiana Owls will be back for that too. So if you're in the Tampa area, uh, check out our Facebook events page or Florida Owls on Twitter. Uh, Paddy, is that uh, comment directed to anybody who might be relocating their place of residence from New York State to Florida <laughs> anytime soon? Well, I'm sure our Florida owls would be delighted if a certain uh, New York migrant <laughs> would grace them with his presence. Um, but I'm not sure if he's invited. <laughs> You've been listening to episode 83 of the Owls AmeriCast, brought to you by Sheffield Wednesday's iFollow live match streaming service. Sign up at swfc.co.uk slash iFollow. We're on the internet at owlsamericas.com. You can email the show at owlsamericas at gmail.com and find and follow us on Twitter at owlsamericas. Same handle for Instagram as well. Our podcast intro and bumpers are my fellow Wednesdayites, Reverend and the Makers. The podcast is on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, Google Podcasts, Podbeam, 
Probably anywhere else you choose to download podcasts. There's no wrong way to listen to the show. Just do what feels right. Wherever you choose to consume the Owls of Miracast, we ask that you rate and review the show that helps more Wednesdayites find our ramblings. James is on Twitter, at Manhattan Owl. James, how are your legs feeling? <laughs> My legs are like lead, uh, principally because I uh, jumped up and down so excitedly in the 86th minute last week, and then, uh, then what, immediately What mile fell. marker was that? Uh, that was probably a mile, uh, mile zero of the New York Marathon. I tell you what, I spent three hours on the road in the New York Marathon on Sunday, and every single second of them were more pleasant than watching the last six minutes of Sheffield Wednesday. Did you watch the game in the the pen before they let you out? <laughs> <laughs> they were on separate days, Paddy. The, the game was oh, on yeah. Saturday, the run was on Sunday. <laughs> okay. I'm just saying that running the last three and a half miles when my legs literally were cramping and my calves were exploding was not uh, not as unpleasant as watching that shot from whatever that kind of you know teenage kid from Blackburn uh, stuck that little kind of daisy cutter into the bottom corner. Also, while we're on the marathon, I want to take a big shout out because James ran the marathon. We had Craig Hawk in the New York Owls. We had Tom Tweedy in the New York Owls and Ryan Hansen as well. Uh, all ran the uh, New York Marathon this uh, this weekend. So, Folks fantastic are guys. Yeah, they <laughs> were obviously insane. <laughs> but well done, all of you. Uh, it's awesome. And uh, yeah, congratulations. Patty's on Twitter at New York Owls and at Patty A. Jones. Patty gave us a very compelling prediction for the Wednesday Swansea game. Can you do the same for the MLS Cup final? <laughs> yes. I'm going to predict that I will not watch it. And neither will most of America. <laughs> and I'm on Twitter at Jeff Paternostro. And while this has only been about 26 minutes, it felt like a marathon. And we'll be back here next week. 